and welcome to the Undercut Podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Mae Taylor, and we're back to review, preview sorry, this weekend's Belgian Grand Prix, which feels really weird to say because it's July and Spa's always been at the end of August. But anyhow, joining me in today's podcast is my usual sidekick, Timo Albers-Daly, and inside F2's Fraser Ford. How are you both? I'm excellent, thank you. Although the spandex you gave me this this Robin costume to your Batman persona is just a little tight in places, and I'd rather not have to wear that right now. Thank you. I'd rather not see it either, Fraser. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to follow that on team. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Really excited to be uh, talking about Spa, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Well, we'll move on to what the hell has happened then. And Laurent Rossi has been replaced as CEO of Alpine after two and a half years with immediate effect by Philip, I think it's Kreef. I'd say so. Yeah. (laughs) The reason for Rossi's exit has not been given. However, his recent public outbursts declaring his unhappiness with how Alpine's F1 team have started the season probably didn't help his cause. Rossi will now be focusing on special projects linked to the transformation of the Renault group, which is pretty ambiguous, I guess. Uh, The new CEO, Philip Grief, has a long history within the automotive business, leading departments at Alfa Romeo and Maserati before becoming a director of engineering at Ferrari and then moving to Alpine as their vice president of engineering and project performance. Alpine hoped that the replacement... Philip Creef will help Alpine to become a brand of the future as they start to expand their brand with the view of becoming a successful Le Mans team next year, which is included in their plans, among other expansions relating more to their road cars. The change in the CEO will probably not have too much direct impact on the F1 team, but one change that's closer to the F1 side of things is the newly appointed Bruno Famine as Alpine's vice president of motorsport, who team principal Otmar Staffenauer will now report to. I think the thing that amuses me most about all of this is that once again, in not a very short amount of time, Alpine have modified their 100 race plan um, and maybe reset it slightly again and have gone for, we're not aiming to be P4 this year in the constructors, but we will aim to be the fourth fastest car and then we'll aim to be P4 in the constructors next year, unless we have more bad luck or anything else changes that we don't like so that we can reset the number again and... It just seems to be a little bit laughable at this point. And Rossi being replaced isn't too surprising. He kind of, he had a lot of talk, but didn't really have a lot to back it up in terms of the F1 side of things, I feel like. And it makes sense that, especially amusing as he dumped on Alpine and then Ocon went and got a podium in Monaco straight away, just to kind of prove his point of like, I can DNF anytime I like, but I can also get on the podium anytime I like as well, really. So you sure show over there. Um, I'm completely so with you, Timo. Sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just feels like it's like start of the season, we aim for fourth in the championship. Uh, you get a few races into the season, uh, things don't go to plan. They've refined the strategy, they refine the management team, and then they then target fourth in the championship for the following season. And it just goes round and round and round. And they always finish fifth, sixth, seventh. And they haven't quite got that fourth, have they? And uh, I don't think they, uh, you know change as many CEOs as you like. It doesn't mean you're going to go and uh, finish fourth. You can refine the strategy as much as you like. You know, it's got to work on track, right? It's exactly. very <laughs> it's very inconsistent. I mean, you look at some what, another team that's doing something similar with Aston Martin and they have a pretty set plan and you can see where their trajectory is going, where they 
where the improvements are coming in whilst you haven't really heard that with Alpine at all. So you don't really know how they are actually going to improve things. I think it's a little bit like Ferrari. They're just changing parts and hoping that that is the problem rather than research. They don't have quite as fundamental a problem as Ferrari do because they're not as big, but they've got this, they've got promise of having those kind of problems they want it. Whereas let's not investigate too much. Let's just change what we think is the problem without checking it's the problem. And let's see if that fixes it. Whereas Hass on the other side of things under in denial and hoping something fixes itself. <laughs> they're, they're, they're hoping for it's exactly that they're hoping for quick fixes oh let's change personnel that'll be a fix so without actually look as you say going into detail and really working out you now what is the issue here and uh yeah they're just constantly hoping for quick fixes aren't they which uh yeah obviously doesn't work in f1 <laughs> no no exactly exactly i think that's why you look at mercedes for example and why they're so good it's such thorough analysis every i know they have more personnel more staff and they have more resource to do that but um yeah You're reading my mind though though phrase it was this thing of they had this flawed concept but they made sure that they used it to death first to make sure that this was definitely not something that worked before changing tack and because if you're going to be that close to hitting goals you don't want to then turn around at the last minute so you want to make sure that there is nothing else there whereas all these other teams are like just going all over the shop in these weird figure of eight loops that don't really get them anywhere yeah 100 percent. and they got two strong drivers let's not forget you know pierre gasly and esteban ocon are for me two of the best drivers on race the grid, winners <laughs> Yeah, both race winners, um, both both really well respected drivers, you know, uh, f- across the across the paddock. So um, once they get a competitive race car, you know, they'll be competing for podiums. But uh, it's yeah, when that is going to happen, which at the moment doesn't seem anytime soon, does it? So. And as it's been a few races for one of these things to happen, I say a few races, one or two at most. Alfa Romeo has a new one-off livery for Spa. So a dash of funky green's been added to highlight their partnership with kick streaming. Have you both seen it and do you like it? I'm looking at it now. It doesn't look so terrible, I... but it's also yeah. I th- I would love that green on Aston Martin. That would just be funky for a Singapore race. I think get that green on the whole car because it seems a well, bit glow in the darky. That that's what I was thinking. It looks a bit glow in the darky, so maybe they should have it at a night race and they're just. Parts of the car are just. Looming. I'm with you on that. Yeah, like use it in use it in Singapore. Why why spa? Use it in Singapore. Maybe the rain. I'm just the messenger. <laughs> do, do, do you know what it looks like? It looks like you know when they're doing like aero tests and they chuck a load of like paint on it. It looks <laughs> like that. They just chucks it on the front wing and like yeah, that'll do. That'll, that'll, that that that's a finished job, isn't it? Um, very. I also yeah. think that with all the car, with all the teams this year, I think we're possibly on for a record that Ellie May will want to have in her stat book somewhere of the most one-off liveries across all the teams combined. I think because how many have we already had already this year? And we've got Williams coming obviously in Singapore. We've got Red Bull in Austin. We've got this now at Spa. How many others are there looking about the place that we're not going to know about? Like, just choose a livery and stick to it, guys. It's not you're not a Formula Two or Formula Three team. You change it every five seconds. Just continue with it. No, I was just thinking about obviously we always used to have that sort of new livery curse, didn't we? Mercedes were always plagued with whatever they did. Uh, they did anything differently. They then had a very sort of poor race, but that doesn't seem to have sort of affected any of the other other teams. But I think. Mercedes are a bit too scared now to, to do it. 
maybe it could be a fortune changer. Maybe Mercedes could uh, change the livery now, and uh, it would uh, they'd end up winning winning a race with it. I don't know. It can't. I mean, it can't get much. I say it can't get much worse. It can get a lot worse. They're the third quickest team in Formula One at the moment. But uh, you know, it, uh, for for their standards, they want to be winning races. So maybe they should try a bit of reverse psychology and uh, yeah, get a get a special livery going again. What would it be? Yeah, what would put, it be? I put, don't know. Put, put your suggestions in the comments on my Instagram. There we go. Sorted. <laughs> don't have to answer the question. I can leave it to the fans. <laughs> as you may, we're going to have a look ahead to the Belgian Grand Prix now, as it is the Spa preview. Yes. And in terms of the weather, we uh, can expect on Friday the temperatures for free practice and qualifying to be in the high teens with about a 50 to 40% chance of light rain. Saturday is pretty much the same as temperatures remain in the high teens with a 40% chance of light rain and Sunday may be slightly cooler in temperature but only by a degree or two and the chance of rain is reduced by 30. But in terms of what uh, which track battles we should look out for, um, well with, with Spa layout sort of consisting of long straight long fast straights and high speed corners it will require teams to find the perfect balance in downforce that doesn't hamper the driver down the straights in order to optimize the high speeds whilst having enough enough downforce to get around the high speed corners and the more sort of technically demanding section through sort of sector two so i'm gonna open it up with that in mind what do you think we can expect obviously apart from the obvious red bull being dominant as ever and that doesn't come as a surprise to anyone. Well, going off what Frieda was saying in our Hungary review episode about they need to win Spa to properly claim their title of 12 race wins in a season, um, it is also a sprint weekend, which I'm not a fan of. Ellie May's still not a fan of last time I checked. Frieda, I'll double check with you in a second. And there is just that potential for jeopardy that we do need if we're going to spoil Red Bull's party a little bit and to make Fraser very happy with with McLaren keeping the, their record there. So there is a little bit of jeopardy in there, but I don't know what form it would come in. I'm kind of... It's, it's very much, I'm going to quote Star Wars Episode Nine of, I don't need anyone in particular to win. I just need them to lose for it to be interesting. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't mind the sprint concept. I, I think it can work in certain places. I also think it absolutely doesn't work in certain places. And we've seen a few of those venues that uh, have produced pretty boring sprint races, to be quite frank. But I, I think if we're going to do a sprint weekend, I, I think let's do it in Spa. I think it's a really good uh, place to have a sprint weekend. You can overtake there. It's a it's a great track for racing. Do you know what I mean? And um, uh, so I'm 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 kind of looking forward to a sprint weekend at Spa. Um, as to what we can expect, uh, maybe the uh, the obvious Max Verstappen win. Uh, but uh, you know, let's be optimistic. I think McLaren are going to be really strong around uh, Spa, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to get on. Um, interesting to see how Ferrari bounce back after a disappointing weekend in Hungary. Um, and for me, my, uh, I think we're going to go on to this a bit later, but my surprise uh, of the weekend is, uh, is uh, for me, I think Williams are going to be really strong around Spa. And um, I, I think they could even get a top six with Alex Albon, to be honest with you. I think they could be really, really strong. They're always quick in a straight line. And uh, I think the track will really suit them. So, I was hoping they could go one better than 2021, eh? Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? But seriously, I do think Williams could be really, really strong around Spa. So. I agree. They were one of the ones that I think will do well. My other one is 
McLaren, they obviously, like you said, they have pretty good stability in high-speed corners, so this should be a track that favours favors the Papaya outfit as well. And Obviously, their weakness at the moment seems to be slow-speed corners, which, I, from memory, Spa doesn't really have many of. But the one team I think it could potentially favour is maybe Haas. Because if it's cooler temperatures, this might lessen the effect in their ability to cook their tyres very quickly, but they'll also be able to switch them on very quickly. And this obviously may favour them more so in the sprint rather than the race, just as long as their engine does not blow up. Ellie May, why would you say that? <laughs> you just gave them such a good reasoning for doing well, and then you've just gone and ruined the weekend for them. <laughs> Well, it just comes under my theory that if a... Well, just as long as Spa doesn't get boring, because I have, obviously, I've said that my theory is that when a race gets boring, Magnussen sort of looks at the TV, thinks, ah, let's spice things up a bit. I've got a detonate engine button. Just press that. Engine blows up. Then we have a bit of chaos. But hopefully it won't be like that. Haas, or it won't come from Haas. They kind of need a break from that. And that they will actually do well, I think. All reliability has been far too good this year. That's all I'm going to say. You know, I was thinking the same thing. You know, reliability has been far too good, as you say. And actually, I, the, the, I, for me, I think this is the best Formula One grid we've ever seen in terms of talent and ability. Even when it the race on the on the on the grid before Daniel Ricciardo, I think Daniel Ricciardo has, has only strengthened that. And uh, I might have said it last time I was on this podcast, actually, that. I think part of the reason some of the races have been really boring this year is that we we haven't had any reliability issues. We haven't had any crashes that have led to safety cars spicing races up, for example, or and closing the pack up. We've 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 hardly had well, we haven't had many safety cars this season compared to other years. You know, you don't have the the Latifi's been in it in the last corner. And this is no disrespect to Nicholas Latifi, by the way. Can I put on record? Um, uh, you know, been in it in the last corner, which has led to a safety car, which has closed the pack up, and then you get good racing. You get you know drivers on different strategies some drivers are on a soft tire for example until the end of the race um you know we, we we haven't had that we haven't had a nikita mazepin putting it in the wall at every single race so it's and again no disrespect to nikita mazepin um a little bit of disrespect a little bit of disrespect yeah maybe maybe um but you know it's it's yeah, it's 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 the quality of driving this season has been absolutely brilliant, and um, I wouldn't mind seeing a few reliability issues, or um, I'm not going to say a few instances. That's definitely not what we're going to see in any races. You know, we don't. We, want we need a situation but... where we have Perez rejuvenated, or we have a Rosberg with him, a Ricardo in that car. Be like, yeah, you're not going to get to run. We need someone. If if yeah. no one can beat Max, we need at least the teammate to be like, well, I'll give it a go. And exactly. More not just in P nine to get to P three. We need you P two immediately fighting him as hard as you can. Exactly. We need Perez that. from when he was in Force India, the Pink Force India, or whatever it was at that point, going up with Ocon through a Rouge. We need that kind of close Weber and Alonso kind of overtaking to happen there for it to be interesting. Exactly that. Exactly that. I wouldn't mind a safety car with ten laps to go. I wouldn't mind that at all. You know. So uh, yeah. Uh, one team I do think might struggle actually is Mercedes, kind of for the opposite reasons of Haas, in that I think that they'll struggle to get their tyres within a working window, sort of in the low temperatures. I don't know whether maybe sort of halfway through the race, once they sort of get them up to temperature, it, they will come back a bit, but 
I think so again, it goes is... back to a little bit what Fraser was saying with Williams and what you were saying earlier about the nature of the track. It is a lot of high speed corners and just long straights. It was just going to test out that regardless of how well you can do around the other bits of the track, if you can't do something good down the long, down the Camel Straight, for example, then it doesn't matter how good a driver you are if you're just going to get blasted past by someone who's quicker than someone like Albon is going to maybe overtake someone like Russell because there's just nothing they can do about it. Like you say, they're just not going to... It doesn't matter how perfect you get everything else if you can't get the tyres there and the other driver next to you's engine is just weirdly better, then that's you done. We will move on to predictions for this weekend, which we say we want all this spice and everything to happen, but have we been spicy with our regular predictions anyway? Have we bugger? For pole position, we have both said Max Verstappen. So, Fraser, are you going to follow suit with us or are you going to roll the dice? Go rogue. Uh, Let's go rogue. Let's let's go with McLaren to be amazing around Spa, like I said in the Budapest review. And uh, let's go with a Lando Norris pole. Why not? Why not? Let's do something different. Lando Norris pole position. Get that pole position that you should have in, what, 2021? 2021 exactly that he was uh, on course for pole wasn't he so yeah listen he goes well around uh, around spots and he and uh, he's coming into th- this weekend in great form so uh, yeah Lando Norris pole why not podium wise as a rule phraser for this year I have gone with the result of the last Grand Prix to be my podium prediction for the following race it's not gone terribly I've not got a complete set yet but it's gone better than I thought it would for a random I can't be bothered to do this properly rule so I've got Verstappen Norris Perez and you've switched things up slightly Ellie May but only ever so slightly just ever so slightly I've gone for a Verstappen win Perez second and Norris in third Fraser again roll of the dice yeah I'm just thinking I I'm gonna go for a Lando Norris win from pole position, nice boring race. Um, We'd be taking would... from Norris, though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It'd be We're nice taking... for him to lead the race and keep it for once. It would be, wouldn't it? It really would. Yeah, no Sochi 2021s, definitely not. Um, let's go. Oh, I don't know. Let's go. Um, Lewis Hamilton P2. I was about to say, um... do you want to put Hamilton P2 after the whole Sochi stuff? And he's just looking at him. He's like, oh, like, oh no, oh no, not again. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, I'm really cut to the straws. Yeah, let's go with um, Charles Leclerc P3. I'm going with no Red Bull on the podium. That is outrageous, I know. Uh, but listen, you said roll the dice, so here I am. I would love this result. I will happily sacrifice points to Ellie May to or not <laughs> or alongside Ellie May if we can both cancel each other out if we get your race. So trust me, I'm on board with it. And Hamilton slap. had four wins here. Leclerc won, so they've both got form here. Both go. All, all three of those drivers go well at Spa, so uh, you know it's uh, it's not just random. There's a method to your madness. Watching. Exactly that. Exactly that. And you know maybe something happens to Red Bull. Maybe maybe both drivers have a engine failure. Or I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna say yeah. if if we had a Latifi, a Mazepin, or a Grosjean on the grid with that turn one, I would I would not be trusting it at all. Is all I'm saying there. But I don't know who we assign that role to this year. Although, I am just thinking. Isn't with Spa your men would be best in P two is better than P one on the grid, isn't it? So maybe it is something rogue like Lando gets pole position and Max thinks I'll just take second and don't make it boring. Don't make it boring. (laughs) Honestly, she learns nothing. Fastest lap. 
I am sticking with Carlos Sainz because, as I have been this season, choose a driver, wait for them to get fastest lap. Happened far too well, so I've now gone a little bit left field. Carlos Sainz is letting me down a bit. Maybe this is the weekend. Ellie May, you've, you're really just wanting points, aren't you? I've gone boring. I've gone Verstappen. Fraser, fastest lap. Ellie May, that's so boring. <laughs> it's so boring. Fastest you can tell lap, she's competitive, oh. can't you? <laughs> uh, probably the least competitive and jesse's probably the most competitive yet jesse's the one really losing and i'm just winning Hosting is jesse is jesse a bit bitter about it is he or... you can't tell <laughs> <laughs> funny um i'm not very competitive at all by the way as you can probably tell with a lando norris victory uh let's fastest lap let's go um Oscar Piastri. You know what? That's mad, but I like it, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. Thank you. And what Jesse is has what? Sorry, Jesse's completely shot himself in the foot for the fact that he hasn't even made predictions this weekend, so he's definitely getting no points. Ah, it's a pointless weekend. It's a pointless weekend. What is also kind of happy. a bit of a. A, a wild prediction. Thank you for the segue. There is my wild prediction is Alpine actually score points this weekend. Oh, that is that is wild. Which uh, I, it it feels harsh, but also very fair. Ellie May, I've you've gone, gone for something I would like to see. Well, I've gone contrary to my podium, which is Piastri finishes higher than Norris. It would if he finishes. Where have you said he's at? He's third. He's first or second. Then I'm happy with that. You know that's worth getting one. You'll get a point regardless there of what happens there. So that's that's a worthy way of doing it. I think. And and Fraser, I mean, all of your predictions have been a little bit wild so far. That's why we brought you here today. But can you do one further? Yeah. So my my wild prediction is a Williams top six. Um, I think you know Williams. Uh, their, their straight line speed is is unbelievable. Um, I, I think they could they they really suit the the Spa circuit. Um, maybe top six is stretching it a little bit. I don't know. But let's let's go for it. Why not? Alex Albon in great form this season. Logan Sargent, uh, a, a winner around Spa in Formula t- uh, Formula Three uh, back in twenty twenty one. I think it was. Um, so. Yeah, I'm not going to say what Williams, but a Williams in the top six. I mean, we'll be very happy if it's Albon. We'll be losing our minds if it's Sergeant. Yeah, imagine. But uh, yeah, that that's all we have time for for this week's episode. Join us again as we'll be reviewing the Belgian Grand Prix. I think it's Timo leaves us for this one. It's just me and Jesse, which it just well, kind of makes. I will be replaced by Mr. Jacob Phillips, so do not worry. You will be in good company once again. But it kind of, I feel like I i can be a bit smug because I'm the only one that's consistent. I've been consistently on this podcast for the whole year. We, we need a break from your domination, Ellie May. It, it hurts us physically, mentally, spiritually, and we just need time to recover. That's thats all it is. <laughs> wow. Anyway, um, Timo, where can the people find you? You can find me over on Is It Fast, on the Curbs, the Nitro RX podcast, Paddock Sorority, and Instagram bunch of new content there pretty much all the time every week so keep your eyes peeled on all of that for some good good stuff but as we've said not on this podcast uh fraser where can the people find you 
Uh, people can find me over on Inside F2, where I'm uh, the podcast host there. And uh, if you're not fed up of me talking in this episode, you can go and check us out on YouTube, Inside F2, where we review all of the Formula 2 action after every round. Uh, we're also uh, F2 Inside on Twitter and Inside Formula 2 on Instagram. Very nice. And you can find me on our Instagram doing our graphics or if you're not fed up of my voice by now, I know I am. You can find me on TikTok. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>